Game day is tomorrow for the Arizona State Sundals as they get ready to come back home and take on the Eastern Michigan Eagles. We're here to talk about keys on offense, defense, and some bold predictions and a final score on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. As always, I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. The Locked on Sun Devils podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. Of course, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you hit like and subscribe. And also turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. Of course, to stay in touch with all the content, follow me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils and stay in touch with everything going on all the time for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Heading into today's conversation now, we are looking at a final preview for Arizona State going up against the one and only Eastern Michigan Eagles. Now, the Eagles sit on the air currently as a one-and-one football team. They were able to win their opening game against the Eastern Kentucky somethings. I, I apologize. I'm not sure what they are off the top of my head. The Colonels, or uh, yeah, the, the Colonels. Uh, they won 42-34. to 34. In that game, they saw their quarterback, uh, by the name of Ty Powell or Taylor Powell, excuse me. Uh, Taylor Powell was able to throw for what do you end up throwing for? I have it right in front of me here. Uh, 271 yards, three touchdowns against just one interception with uh, num- number one wide receiver uh, Dylan Dramond catching four catches for 62 yards and a couple other guys chipping in as well. And their number one running back, uh, Samson Evans, was able to tote the ball. 15 times recorded 89 rushing yards and two touchdowns in that game. Now they did drop their next game against the uh, Louisiana uh, raging Cajuns and they, they lost 49 to 21. That was a road game for them. And the offense went from, you know, high flying, putting up a lot of points to just not being able to do hardly anything. Again, they only dropped 21 points. They were shut out in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. And their their team just didn't play well. Taylor Powell ended up completing just over 60% of his passes, but he had one touchdown against three interceptions. So you flip the script from their first game against uh, Western Kentucky, or Eastern Kentucky, excuse me. Uh, Samson Evans went from 89 yards to 19 yards on 19 totes. And and uh, David Germain, or Dylan Germain, goodness gracious, went from his rock-solid day to just two catches for 10 yards. So through two games, this has been a very inconsistent Eastern Michigan offense, which tells me everything I need to know about whether or not I should be nervous or feeling pretty confident going into this game against the Eastern Michigan Eagles. They look good at home. They look terrible on the road. And now they're coming to Tempe for this game. Looking at their team as a whole, again, this is just very inconsistent. You know, Taylor Powell, 
went from three touchdowns and one pick to one pick against three touchdowns. Uh, their running back went from 89 yards on 15 touches to 19 on 10. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dylan Dramon went from four catches and uh, 62 yards to two catches for 10 yards. I mean, it, it right now it doesn't seem like they have any, very much consistency. And obviously, you know, it we're only two games into college football season, but now they have to go up against Division One competition and Power Five competition, for that matter, against the Arizona State Sun Devils and a defense that has looked pretty darn good. They only gave up three points to NAU at home. And again, we, we've talked about this all week. Yes, they surrendered 34 points on the road to Oklahoma State, but it was a very deceptive box score. The defense played pretty dang good. I have a feeling that they can do the same thing this week, but we'll get to the defense in the second segment. The first segment, I want to take a look at the offense and what they should be looking to do here against the uh, Eastern Michigan Eagles. Now, looking at this team, we all know they have had absolutely no issues running the football, especially with running back X Faliday, who's currently averaging a whopping six and a half yards of carry, 234 yards on the ground, and three touchdowns as well. Backup running back Daniel Nagata has been just as effective with four point or excuse me, 5.4 yards per carry and 91 yards on the ground. He's yet to get in the end zone. Emery Jones had a really good week one rushing performance last week. Didn't do anything because he was just busy getting sacked, but he still has two rushing touchdowns on the year as well. They've been able to run the ball as pretty much as much as they want to uh, against both teams so far this year. Uh, with that in mind, the, the first key to victory here for me is I, I want to see you mix it up with the running backs. You know, we, we know what we got with X validate. I want to see more Daniel Nagata this week. I, I want to see him get more involved and see what he can and can't handle for the team. You know, if, if Valaday is getting shut down, are we able to go to running back number two with Nagata and still be able to have a solid performance out of him? I think he's capable of it. I think he's more than capable of it. But I want to see the team actually, you know, put this down in writing for him and be able to show off that they can. Uh, Tevin White in his first game had a 16-yard carry, and then after that proceeded to have seven carries for 13 yards. So he's you know, under four yards of carry and you take away that 16 yard run. And obviously he just has not been able to do hardly anything. I want to see some more Tevin white this week. I want to see some more uh, Charles Har or Hall, excuse me. And George Hart, I was combining their names. I would love, 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 love to see Deontay Elliott get on the field, but I, I feel like he just probably won't be able to get out there unless you're winning by 40 points. Overall, this, this rushing offense just looks really dynamic as as much as I would love to see Emory Jones take off as well I'm confident with him the same way I'm confident with Axe Valaday I don't need to see a lot out of Emory this week I don't need to see a lot out of Valaday this week I want to see more Danny Nagata who while I know is capable I want to see what he does with a bigger role we've yet to really see that because his first two years at Arizona State he's been the third running back and this year he's the number two so I want to see more volume out of Nagata this week I'd like to see more guys get kind of mixed in as well the next thing I want to see here is finding some chemistry in the deep passing game. Now, Arizona State just truly hasn't been able to get too much going through the air in these first two games. Uh, Emory Jones barely had to pass the football in the first game last or uh, the the first game last week. Goodness gracious. I need to just settle in. Apparently he was able to look really solid in his first game of the year, completed 72 percent of his passes, zero touchdowns, but he was averaging. Uh, what, what's that end up being just about seven yards per attempt, something like that. And then last week he dropped down to 50% completion. He had his first touchdown of the year, 
and threw for 223 or two, yeah, 223 yards. But we we just haven't seen the passing offense really take off yet. I I think Emory Jones has done a very solid job hitting outside the hashes and anything over the middle between five and 15 yards. I want to start seeing those 20 to 25 yard shots down the field. I think that our guys have shown enough capability to justify some deep shots. Elijah Badger and Giovanni Sanders, especially Sanders, have shown the ability to break the big one and get in the end zone. So I want to see those guys get some deep shots. I want to see Andre Johnson get back involved. He went from a three-catch, 36-yard game to zero catches last week. He was just blanked. And, and that's been the story of Andre Johnson's career so far. I want to see more consistency from him. I want to see all our guys get a little more involved, honestly. I just, I, but more than anything, I want to see what the deep passing game can do because I think that there is something there for the team if they're finally able to unlock it. And unfortunately, they got to do it this week because if they can't figure it out this week, I don't know if you're going to be able to get it going the rest of the season. This is your last week before you get into conference play. And unfortunately, you're kicking off conference play with the Utah Utes coming to Tempe, and that's going to be anything but an easy game for you. So you you got to figure out something to truly get all the gears rolling for you in this game. It It's just, it needs to happen. Last thing I want to talk about here before we hop into our first break for the offense, I've been preaching this all week. I'm going to continue preaching it until we finally see the improvement is the pass protection. It's just got to get better. Emory Jones has been sacked four times this year. That doesn't seem like a lot until you consider the fact that he got sacked three times last week against a very good Oklahoma State pass rush, but they also were just consistently dialing in pressure on Emory. It's the reason why he only completed 50% of his passes a week ago. He just wasn't able to get comfortable. He wasn't able to sit down and diagnose this defense, which if he was, it could have carved him up. He looked really good when he was able to get something going. He was averaging almost 20 yards of completion last week, almost 10 yards an attempt last week. He was really, really solid when he had that opportunity. You're hoping that the offensive line can maybe get some confidence going its, its way. Uh, this this Eastern Michigan team has just one sack on the year. No, they act, yeah, I'm right. They do have one sack on the year coming from uh, Jordan Crawford, who is a senior for them, uh, but he's never been a huge sack artist throughout his career. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, he has, that that was his first career sack. I was going to say he has less than five. I, I am right, but that's his first career sack in his time with Eastern Michigan. So this isn't necessarily a defense that is known for dialing up pressure. So you should be able to not only hold your own, but build that confidence and say, you know what, going into Pac-12 play, we feel a lot better than we did the previous two weeks. You know, we feel like we can make amends for what happened against Oklahoma State. And we feel like we're better than we were week one. We need to be able to see that kind of effort, that kind of hope from this team to be able to generate more consistency and more confidence moving forward. You just, you have to. So this week, I don't want to see you give up any sacks. I want to see you be able to keep Emery upright. I would love to see Emery get back to what he was doing week one. Again, Emery looked so good week one for Arizona State. He was completing north of 70% of his passes, and that's because his offensive line was doing their job pretty well. They obviously could have done better. He still was sacked in that game. But that's what you can get out of Emory Jones when you provide him a clean pocket. Remember, he was dialing up strikes down the road or down the road, uh, down the field consistently. He had uh, 15 and 20 and 21 yard pickups through the air. Like 
he can he can do it. That there's no question that he can do it through the air. My question is, can the offensive line deliver and and be able to actually provide him the protection he needs? Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we'll take a look at the defensive side of the ball. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is still your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs this season. Find all the latest league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, and more. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now at BetOnline where the game starts. Remember that the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is free and available on all platforms, guys. Back into our conversation now, looking at the the defensive side of the ball for Arizona State and what I will be looking for in this game. The defense has been very, very good for Arizona State so far this year. I want to see them be able to continue to do this week after week, and I feel pretty confident that they can right now. They've they've given me little reason to not believe in them. It was a very good game against Oklahoma State. Don't let the 34 points just hang over your head. This has been a good defense. Kyle Soley continues to look like the heart and soul on this defense, and that's actually where we're going to start is, you know, just lean on Kyle Soley. He's been playing out of his mind this year. He paces the team with 21 tackles, has two interceptions. Like, he just... He's looked so confident and comfortable this year in the middle of the defense and calling out plays for the Sun Devils. I think that Kyle Soley, you could make an argument he has been the best defensive player on the team this year, not just statistically. I think he's just been the most consistent guy. And like the the box score is not only indicative of how well he's been playing, but I mean, it 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 just shows off the the ability to put up numbers as well. Kyle Soley looks great. You need to continue to lean on him. It feels like he's going to be what keeps your offense going, what what kind of keeps the beat up, and what keeps the team rolling around each and every week without any worry of kind of falling off. So keep leaning on Kyle Soley this week. You know, give him another week's opportunity, first three weeks of the year before going into conference play. Let him continue to run this defense and just make sure that this is your guy. I feel very, very confident about Kyle Soley right now. And I think that another strong week out of him will give me even more encouragement to believe that next week he can be, you know, just the life force of this defense and he can be who you need the most in order to do what you want to do defensively. Second thing and the most important thing, actually, I'm going to get to that last. Uh, Second thing here, just continue maintaining your swagger. These guys right now, are playing with an attitude. They're playing like they have something to play for. Who would have thought? There there were just so many departures this offseason. You lost the whole secondary for eligibility and NFL draft. You lost a good chunk of your defensive line, uh, both to the transfer portal and eligibility and the NFL draft. The only thing you really retained was your linebacker core, and there's only so much they can do. But they brought in some guys via the transfer portal who have been playing terrific. Nessa Jade Silvera has been an absolute, uh, just, I can't think of the word that I'm trying to look for, but he has just ascended on this defensive line. He has been everything you need and, and, a, and, a, and a bag of peanuts for you. He is 
like if you're talking about Kyle Soley as the most productive player on the team and perhaps the best player on the team, you can make the argument that Nesta has been the most important player for the team. He's banning that defensive line right now. He's able to go sideline to sideline without any issues. And he's just being able to anchor everything for you. He's doing great against the run. Uh, he holds his position. And again, the most impressive thing, he's going sideline to sideline. This is a guy who has had no issues moving around the line and creating havoc in the backfield. In the secondary, Chris Edmonds has looked just absolutely outstanding. Has an interception on a year for the team, got it in his first game. Uh, you know, he housed that. Like he he took it in for six, but there was a uh, block in the back penalty that unfortunately wiped that away from him. Nonetheless, he looks incredibly confident in that secondary. He he just he feels like he's just got absolutely no issues roaming around back there. He's he's got the swagger that we're talking about and the playmaking ability that you just hope to see every week out of him. You're very happy with that. You're very happy with the the way Kyle Sully is playing. Some of the other guys are being able to step up too. Uh, Omar Norman Lott has looked rock, rock solid this year in the role that he has been given on that defensive line. Trevez Moore has picked up pretty much where he left off a year ago before he tore his ACL. He's been a great edge-setting run defender. Joe Moore has looked good. Corey Bethley has looked good. Roe Torrance has looked good. A lot of your defense, DJ Taylor has looked exceptional in his time on the field now for the defense. He's, he doesn't feel like he's just a special teams guy anymore. It feels like you don't have a problem getting him on the defense, playing him in the nickel, and allowing him to make plays on the football. He's done a great job. In fact, he was the reason that Chris Edmonds got his interceptions. He tipped that ball up and was allowed Edmonds to just kind of cherry pick it out of the air. This defense is just playing confident football right now. They feel very good about everything that they're putting on the field, and they should. This is a very, very good-looking defense right now. So continue to play with that edge and that swagger. Final thing I want to talk about, this is what I almost brought up here, is you just get some sacks. You finally need to be able to get in the sack board. You have yet to record a sack on the air. You've had some good pressures, but that's not enough. And if you go into conference play with zero sacks, I am going to be incredibly nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I will be ridiculously nervous that Arizona State will just be unable to get sacks any given week. I don't know if at that point I can predict you to get one sack. Like it just, it needs a change. This cannot be a consistent theme for the Sun Devils of not being able to bring down the quarterback. Look, you've played NAU. There was no reason you should have gotten zero sacks against them. You're playing Eastern Michigan and a very inconsistent offense. That did not look good on the road. You need to be able to bring down their quarterback. Uh, for what it's worth, Taylor Powell has been sacked seven times this year. So you, you got to be able to do it, guys. You need to be able to get after a quarterback that has shown a, a little bit of inability to break out of the pocket. Yeah, just figure it out, you know? You just, I, I feel like it's as simple as that. He, he, he was sacked four times last week against Louisiana. He was sacked three times in the opening game against uh, Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. This is a guy who's vulnerable to getting sacked. So take advantage of it. You need to be able to. If you can't, I have very large concerns for you moving forward. One more break for us before we head into our bold predictions time. Highlight the guys to watch 
and a little bit more on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Make sure you guys are staying in touch with everything going on in the Pac-12 Conference of Champions all the time by subscribing to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Monday through Friday, get everything you need to know about that Conference of Champions in 30 minutes or less and sneak peek of me on there as well on Thursdays for the Upset Thursday edition of the podcast. Stop by, check it out, make it your second listen of the day. All right. Breaking down the guy we need to contain this week, there is not one particular guy. I could not find a single individual on this Eastern Michigan team that I feel needs to be highlighted. I feel like if you're going to do one player, it's probably Taylor Powell because he looked great in week one, but he he looked terrible in week two. Again, he went from three touchdowns to one pick to one pick and three touchdowns. This is a guy who clearly is a very inconsistent and borderline like dangerous in a bad way guy for, for the offense to really be able to generate stuff. But I mean, he does have 588 passing yards. He is completing 65% of his passes. So he's averaging almost 300 passing yards a game. This is probably the guy you need to find a way to settle down. There wasn't really anyone on defense who stuck out to me. So I just, I highlighted Samson Evans and Dylan Dramond, the running back and the wide receiver respectively for this team to keep an eye out on. Uh, They've got an interception, only interception on the air by Blake Bogan. Uh, We talked about that sack they have earlier uh, by uh, uh, Jordan Crawford. And then their leading tackle artist on the year is Chase Klein with 14, but he's only got two solos. 12 of them are assisted. So that's, that's interesting, but yeah, there, there's just not too much defensively that you're ulti- like ultimately afraid of. Uh, their kicker, uh, Jesus uh, Gomez, for what it's worth, is nine and nine on his extra points, but he's got a whopping zero field goal attempts on the year, so he's really only made his money in the extra point department. Not entirely worried about him. Not entirely worried about really anything that Eastern Michigan is putting up against us. Bold predictions now, two on offense, two on defense. You guys know how this goes. First bold prediction, Emory Jones is going to throw two touchdowns. I'm going to I'm gonna continue to pound this. I just, I, I feel like at some point, Emory Jones needs to take a step forward in the, the passing numbers that he has. I can only blame the off- offensive line so much. They deserve some, some flack. But I mean, Emory has also got to be able to step up past the circumstances. That's part of being the starting franchise quarterback for a college team. He needs to be able to do it. He needs his weapons to be able to step up. He needs the offensive line to step up as well. But he also needs to find a way to make some plays for himself. He was doing a good job last week. He got that 73-yard completion to Geo Sanders. Uh, He's had a pretty good connection with Messiah Swinson. Elijah Badger has looked good. But he needs to be able to elevate the guys around him as well. That's part of being a quarterback. You need to make the guys around you better. It's as simple as that. So I, I need I need Emory to show me a little more as a passer. I think this is a week to do it. Or again, just like the pass rush, if you aren't able to get anything going in the air, I'm going to have severe concerns about Arizona State heading into conference play. Next thing, I'm sticking with the passing game. I'm going to say this is the first game of the year that Arizona State has a 1,000, or not a 1,000, a 100-yard uh, receiver. Although the more I think about it, I feel like that's incorrect. No, maybe not. Uh, uh, Geo Sanders didn't have it last week. I don't think Elijah Badger had it either. No, they were both in the nineties. So yeah, 
I, I feel like this is the week that you get a hundred yard receiver. I am not deciding who it's going to be because it, they, just no one guy has shown the consistency week to week to be that person. I feel like if it is someone, it's probably Elijah Badger who's got the team league in, in receptions, yards, and for what it's worth, he's got the only touchdown. So he's got the triple crown on the team, but yeah, like, yeah, cause I, I feel like Andre Johnson is capable of blowing up. I feel like Brian Thompson eventually has to do something. I'm still huge on Cam Johnson. I'm not, I'm not apologizing for that. Uh, Charles Hall could also be a guy who can go off. We're still waiting for these running backs to get involved. You have, uh, you, you had the one catch from Daniel Legata that went for zero yards. Uh, X Valade has yet to get a reception. He's going to get involved at some point. I'm not worried about that, but I want to see a receiver finally crack the century mark. Looking at the defense, two bold predictions I have for them. The first one, they're getting the sack, guys. It's happening not just once. I'm saying four times. This Eastern Michigan offensive line has struggled with protection this year, similar to Arizona State. They've let their quarterback down seven times this year. I'm saying it's going to be four more times against a Division I school. Again, I'm not predicting who the guys are. I, I could see any of the defensive linemen. I wouldn't be shocked if maybe Kyle Soley or Merlin Robertson are able to get involved as well in linebacker blitzes. Get creative with your blitz schemes this weekend. Have some fun with it because this is the last opportunity you will have to have fun with it. Final prediction on the defensive side of the ball. I'm saying they're going to get two interceptions. They have three on the year. They could have had four if one of them wasn't wiped off by an offsides penalty in week one. It's a very opportunistic secondary and a good linebacking core, especially in Kyle Soley with pass coverage. I feel really good that Arizona State can get some more interceptions this week. They, uh, the, the quarterback uh, Taylor Powell has had an interception in both games this year, one and three. He is turnover prone. Arizona state has had an interception in each game this year. It, it's a perfect opportunity for Arizona state to continue building that confidence, that consistency, and that swagger in the secondary. I'm saying two interceptions here. Final score. I got Arizona state winning at home 34 to 20 over Eastern Michigan before heading into conference play. They will go in two and one, which is just about what everyone was predicting for Arizona State. And ultimately, I, I feel pretty confident that this is a realistic expectation for them heading into the year. So that's that's all my predictions. That's my score prediction. And that's what I'm saying the Arizona State Sunnels needed to do in order to win this game. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this uh, this Friday edition of the podcast and this breakdown of the Third game coming up for Arizona State before we head into conference play. So, you know, thank you guys so much. Making this your first listen of the day. Podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out in that visual platform, wherever you get your podcast, though, hit like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications to get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. Make sure you're also following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36. And follow the podcast while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sundals. Stay in touch with all the content we put out all the time and stay in touch with everything Arizona State Sun Levels. Until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun.